here we go. Spring of 2020. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big bucks where they are. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors Podcast, all you freaks and whitetail geeks. That's a new intro. Weston came up with it. If you don't like it, blame him. (laughs) I am your happy host now. You're actually really happy host, Taylor Henry, and I'm joined today by Weston. Hey, how you doing? Who cannot grow a food plot, Larson. September is here. Motherfuckers! September! And episode 56 is here. We're going to go over all the September shit to do or your September STDs. All right. I've never had an STD, have you? You think that's something that we should talk about on here? Oh, you said the word. STD stands for shit to do. You ever heard of it? Yeah. I'm just saying I've also never had an STD. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're a bad person. <laughs> so, Taylor, we're going to start off with our uh, current event for About the day. time. Wow, shocking. <clears throat> Surprised you were even able to make it. Well, you know, Jed's not here, so the freaking... I know you guys had a tough time without me last week, but uh, the heartbeat is back heartbeat of this podcast i think last week's episode just seemed to flow so much better yeah well, i can only imagine and now now jed has gone right so the ornery person of the of the show is not here <laughs> the old ornery man so many negative comments about jed oh god well you know he's not gonna listen <laughs> oh so um my current event is Titled, Could the Coronavirus Contribute to a Possible California Salmon Boom? Seems like you might have the answer. Hmm. Well, could it? According to some anglers and biologists, believe that California is likely to experience an increase of Chinook salmon during the fall run, resulting in, resulting from the coronavirus and fewer fish caught over the summer. So basically, the uh, the normal season opens in March, but it didn't open until middle of June. So it was basically two months less of fishing. So the um, scientists believe that the early forecast is somewhere just short of 500,000 Chinook salmon, which last year was 380,000, and the year before that was 225. So basically, double the amount of Chinook salmon will be running through from the Sacramento River system into the San Francisco Bay area. Double? It's double from two years ago. What's the reason? Because they weren't they weren't fished for two months, I guess. But why weren't they? Because California because, is such a gr- aggressive be, lockdown? Yeah, they locked down fishing for two months. California did? Yes. What a disgusting act. They said there could be a traffic jam. Like, it might literally just be an insane amount of Chinook salmon. And Jeez. I know that's a, that's a big... <laughs> I'm not a huge fisherman at all by any means, but I know for a fact that that's a big And what's going to be the um, repercussions of this? Like, what are the issues with it? Or is it just going to be such a Oh, they're just saying it's just going to be just such an overhaul that it might be like an overpopulation issue. Hmm. But uh, how do you eat salmon? 
I don't actually really, but really, I don't know. I'm assuming you fillet it and you smoke it. I believe is what like one of the more popular. Actually, ways. it's one of the easiest things to cook. I think. Are you a big salmon guy? Yeah. Have you ever like caught a salmon? Mm, I know. Lake trout would be the closest thing I caught. Right. But you say you buy your salmon at the store. Yeah. You take that and you literally just put it in an oven and it cooks and it's like awesome. You put. You throw like butter and something in there? Yeah, you can do whatever you want, like lemon pepper, right. a little zest. But I mean, it's simple. Follow directions, put it in the oven. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. So what's like your takeaway from everything besides this? California seems to do things backwards. <laughs> Takeaway from what's your takeaway from coronavirus? <laughs> Got me all wa- riled up on this shit. Well, today. yeah, there's also another article in there that said that uh, because there was more people out on um, public lands, there's like twice as many encounters with grizzly bears in the Yellowstone area than there has been in recent years as well. It, like uh, encounters causing injuries, they've had seven. I can't believe there's an encounter you can have that August causes injury, but somehow you live. Well, yeah. You just got to think like like they just go do like a drive-by swipe or something because otherwise they're killing you for sure. God, that would not be a fun swipe. But I mean, what's my takeaway from this whole thing? I mean, it hasn't made, Could it, it, be? It, hasn't made it any easier. Like, <laughs> Could it be? <laughs> I just, I feel like we always call this direct. Could it be the media <laughs> manufactured some type of story out of this? thing called the coronavirus could be 94 percent of the coronavirus cases that people died were from underlying health issues mm-hmm. and they as long as they tested positive for this so-called virus they they put it under that umbrella let me tell you a little story about some information that i have about how a coronavirus was tested positive as we're, a death we're gonna have to cite his sources in the no, because I'm not going to list any sources. Podcast, I'm not listing any sources. I'm not listing any names. All right. There was a said county who had a accident, vehicular accident, where the individual um, tested positive for corona. Fatal vehicular accident. Mm. And it was. And it was a coronavirus. Listed under coronavirus. Death. Yeah. That's just from what I heard. I'm not listing counties. I'm not listing sources. That's completely, that could be up in the air. That, I could be manufacturing things myself right now. Maybe right. I am. It is what it is. <clears throat> but my life will not be paused anymore because of this. Nope. Yeah, I got a wedding on Friday. Yeah. That's mo- that's the real current event. We moved, yeah, that is a big current event. We you moved. had to move your whole fucking we wedding. Moved. We moved it. We moved the date. It was supposed to be in May. We said, you know what? This is when all that shit was really fucking spiking. We said, we're just moving to the end of sept- or beginning of September. Hopefully, it's all be over by then. It obviously is not. Um, we said they. So I'm not in Wyoming right now because of this. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good friend. Though. Ripple effect. Yeah. And uh, Jed is because he doesn't give a fuck about me or my wedding. <laughs> well, he's not in the wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Taylor's in the wedding. Jed's not. You can probably tell because, you know, Jed's an ordinary old man. But anyways, um, we decided to move it outside so that open air, yada, 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 masks aren't required, all that stuff. So, yeah. And now we're going through well, this. Well, I'm bringing a mask if my shirt doesn't fit. 
<laughs> so nobody can see who you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's little nice little uh, kick into that is. Yeah, it sounds I don't like know, weddings I, are pretty fun. Do I call on. them out? No, I better not call them out. I mean, it's been a good local business for 105 years. Whatever. But anyways, the place we are getting our former wear from basically just said, fuck you guys. <sighs> it's not coming in till two days before the wedding. Well, coronavirus has affected the postal service. Oh, no, the <laughs> coronavirus has affected the uh, formal wear service, I guess. They are closing. We are the last wedding they're doing. And basically they said, we're not having any extra expenses for you guys. So if something doesn't fit, too fucking bad. We're not overnighting anything. You guys can suck it. Wow. Thank so, you. Oh, okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. So basically that's where we're at. So Sounds like it's a free-for-all. I guess we just keep our taxes. Whatever. What are they going to do? Come find you? Okay. Small known fact about me, I have never made it through a rented suit <laughs> without busting out something. Yeah. The last wedding I was in, I I did a, a well-known dance move from me, <laughs> something that I've actually implemented the last couple of weeks in the rain dance, and I blew <laughs> right through the center of the toe. So oh, I did a shoot. sliding forward slide on the knee. Yep. The pivot foot. The shoe gave out, the whole front of it, and my whole foot went right through the shoe, and I wore that shoe as an ankle bracelet the rest of the night. Oh, you kept it on? For a while, definitely. This was Dana's wedding? Nope, that was Ross's last last fall. Oh, Another wedding. Dana's wedding, you blew out your pants, Yeah, blew out the pants. Well, pants are a given. (laughs) Pants are a given. Uh, I've blown them out multiple times. Um, (laughs) There was a suit jacket that got blown out um, before as well. Here's the deal. If I'm going to mix, you're going to mix a large man like myself, booze, and dancing, and some pretty good freaking music at a wedding. There's not many clothing, like articles of clothing that are going to make it. Hmm. There just isn't. I've blown out more pants in my day. I mean, every pair of pants I've ever had, the final death is a blown out crotch. Oh, got to be. I don't know if I've ever like just been like, oh, I'm done wearing these pants. Like, no, it's blown out crotch. Mm-hmm. I too have blown out my fair share of crotches. Yeah, no, well, I'm also a thick boy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a classic. But it's that's from the drop down technique. They'll dance. I was, I was just gonna say it's like we're two bigger boys, but we can fucking dance. Yeah. that's the thing. It's almost yeah. If I go from standing six three, <laughs> all the way down to about two four. To the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited There's, for that. The only thing is concrete, but that has never stopped you before. Oh, I actually retired. Oh. Yeah. I danced a little bit more. the last couple of weeks just to just to force some rainfall. But then you're done. I have because it's not. I can't get hurt. Because uh, I mean that's that's the other side of this. It's not only the pants or not only the clothing that gets hurt. <laughs> it's my physical body. <laughs> The last time I I injured my knee and I was limping around for a month. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, still waiting to di- get the diagnosis on that in like ten years when I can't walk anymore. One too many worms. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, yeah. We gotta think of all that weight coming down. I on, think it's the worm like on the knees. and then I always pop up and I start sliding around. Like, yeah, <laughs> like doing like uh, um, like penetration step like I'm from wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You do, yeah. You're for a big boy. You're you're pretty nimble, though. I do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've heard that. <laughs> heard heard that before. Come on. Speaking of rain dancing, my God, did we get a gift? Mm. 
from the heavens. Mm. We could go out sitting here and I was like, every single thing on my farm is going to die. We're fucked. We had went a full month and the total rainfall amount was like, I'll, I'll give it two tenths, but I, I think that's high mm. that we yeah. received here. We had like a couple little sprinkles, basically. It was terrible. Like both rain, rainfalls, the ground didn't even stay wet. Mm-mm. It was, I don't even think, the dust didn't even stop flying. But jeez, did we get some gifts. Friday. Hammered. Inch. You probably even got more up there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't and then age, this but... morning, an inch. So we've gotten about two inches of rain in the last couple of days and everything. I mean, I can just see it right now. Everything just looks different. The air feels different. That was a legit drought. I'll never, ever complain about having too much rain again. Like, Well, well, someone texted me today like, well, now it's got to stop. Like, listen, motherfucker. No, it doesn't. Name. (laughs) (laughs) I will never, ever ask for rain to stop again. Like, I was about to complain about my dog being muddy, and I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. No. I think it saved our food plots. I think it did. I think I think we're gonna be saved. I I mean, two inches of rain like that after plus we're gonna have relatively like cool and just like good weather here now. But we'll see. We'll see how much comes up. I mean, it was a solid two. Some of the places it was a full three four weeks with like nothing. Yeah, dude, it's insane. The, yeah, because that first the first rain really screwed us. The one that I looked in the morning and it said mm-hmm. 90% chance of rain, one to two inches expected. And I went and tossed seed out the last like and, few days of July. And it split. And that was like the start yeah. of the drought. You jinxed it, actually. If you really want to get. Yeah, I'll take that responsibility. Well, then we were supposed to. And then it but was... I did see there is some brassicas that came up from even that last rainfall in that field. So I'm sure I lost some. A lot of that seed, um, but we'll talk about what what I'm well, what we're gonna do to to kind of solve that. I mean, a lot of the Midwest is dealing with this. I, I think it's been a pretty fairly like widespread drought. Well, I don't know. It got uh, pretty. It got pretty freaking like Eau Claire got hammered when in my, basically every storm would either disappear. Northern Wisconsin's been great, I guess, but I've I've heard like Michigan and like. Uh, other places, like other places like Pennsylvania, are struggling. Even like Minnesota, in some places. Yeah. Which I'm surprised about because I feel like every storm came ri- like ripping through Minnesota and just got to the river and exploded, Stop. like exploded in a bad way, like just. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. That was like yeah, a sound effect. The old darn, the old darn Mississippi. Really yeah, and then like today's storm, it 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 built it built up after it mm-hmm. crossed, like kind of blew up after. What was those rain dances? Oh man, I was rain dancing hard. Shirt on or shirt off? That's for me and my dog to know about, <laughs> man. Yeah, we don't want details, so I lied. But, but uh, Jed is out in Wyoming right now. Opening day, it would be September first. So when we're recording here, it'll be tomorrow. But whenever you listen to this, it'll hopefully he might have something down. Um, I think day one report was that they didn't even see anything really. No. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, he found a nice shed though. Did he? I didn't see that. Sent you a picture? He sent us a picture. Oh well, maybe I wasn't paying. Might attention. have been via Snapchat. Hmm. But anyways, he found a nice shed. He said he glassed it from about a half mile away. 
That's awesome. So yeah, cool find. No, Good for him. Already in show. prime glassing form. Oh. Um. So September to do list. Since we're already talking about what the drought, uh, a big one's going to be in the next couple weeks. Here, I would say certain parts of the Midwest. I mean, kind of play it by ear here. You want a time of rainfall, but you could even push October. And, uh, like, I'm going to overseed all of our fall plots with uh, winter rye. So 150 to 200 pounds an acre, I think, generally. And if all your other shit is not coming up, that should come up pretty, pretty, uh, it's, it's not, it's not rye grass. It's winter rye. Mm -hmm. A little different. I think buck buck, uh, oats and some, so there's some other things you could plant as well. People are. I was just reading on a floor on one winter of the, rye for us because one of the for frost reasons. But yeah, one of the uh, forums that said that you could still just be you could still hammer radishes in. Yeah, I'd say radishes and turnips right now you could still get in. Yeah, brassicas. I think you're you're starting to get late on and uh, clover. I think is probably getting late. Not sure though. But we're gonna hit we're gonna hit some ryegrass. winter rye sorry not ryegrass winter rye um so just time it out that'll i mean that stuff will come up in like days and you'll have a a lush green field right well like i threw some of that uh it was ryegrass no that's a filler Clover, yeah, basically, basically just stuff. Yeah, you see a lot of rye grass in like food plot bags because they're just filling up. Yeah, their it was bag. just a general seed. Just and to, it gets uh, a, it, it comes quick. Comes up easy. Yeah. And uh, I had I did that on Wednesday or Thursday, and then it rained Friday, and I went and checked it on Saturday, and it was already sprouting. So nice. And the other stuff. What's your food plot look area. right now? Um, in the shade looks pretty, not terrible. Um, I don't think like the brassica stuff really took because of the lack of rain. I, planned, I think I planted mine August first. God damn it! Because we were supposed to get there was a decent chance of rain the next day, and then God yeah, like, and I planted that one stuff even earlier. Yeah, you planted it a week before, but Jesus. I think like some of it took like I we talked before the podcast, but like the shaded areas just because it held the dewy moisture and stuff because we had some pretty cool mornings. Yeah, you were saying. <clears throat> But, like, the stuff that's exposed to the sun, like, for the majority of the day, didn't really take off. Just oh, yeah, it just got big. You know, he he had asked got... if uh, it's good or bad to have, like, constant sunlight. And for the most part, it generally is. You want as much sunlight on these Not places as you can. But, yeah, during drought, makes sense. That's those shaded areas probably held moisture for three or four more hours in a day. Like, it's pretty insane. There's some stuff that's, like, six, seven inches tall and then just bare. Winter, where the sun yeah. is yeah yeah we're gonna see a lot of that spotty <clears throat> so yeah i just overseeded and threw a bunch in threw a bunch more of that throwing girl mix of shit and basically just hoping to get a little something green yeah you have a camera there and have had consistently like a couple few dull one smaller buck that was in there but there was a doe and a fawn that was showing up like every day, and now it's just a doe and no fawn. And then I saw two pictures of a bobcat, so that's what I'm. That's why I asked you. I'm a little worried. But I don't know. Well, you ain't gonna go around and kill a bunch of adult deer. 
No, it said, and it said it rarely will kill a d- dolphin, but or a yeah, fawn. I'd but. say the turkey poults are more in danger than. But then I also had a couple coyotes, so I, I texted Jed. I said I got a couple varmints that you can come take care of if you want. Oh, he's probably gonna be real interested with that bobcat because he drew a tag. I know. And I said I got a bobcat on camera, and he said, "Okay, fucking sweet." So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he ate that tag. I'm surprised he drew already again, but yeah, he had he had draw drew a bobcat tag before, and he, I think it I think it's pretty difficult. But is it? I thought it was every like five years, but is it is it <clears throat> like hunting or is it trapping? Or hunting or trapping, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it's either or. Um. Well, either way, he can do with it what he will. And so trail cam trail cam updates right now are pretty dim. Not not great. Yeah, uh, home farm for me. You know, I got the I got these two. Just they're gonna be such a pain in the ass if I see them all the time this year, because I think they're three year olds. To not shoot. Yeah, they're really nice, really nice three year olds. Like one's probably one in between one forty one fifty ten pointer. <laughs> oh yeah, I see the picture there. Yeah, and then one's just like a really nice eight pointer. Um, but yeah, they, they I mean they're gonna have they have to get the pass. They're just I can just you can just see it. They're three. Next year. I mean, Jesus, just home. I mean, they've been here. The one's just all here all the time. Which one? The 10 or the 8? The, yeah, the really nice 10-pointer. Um, but we're going to see, you know. Here's here's the big thing on trail cameras right now. So we're going to have a slight transition here where beans are going to start turning brown, and they might be turning brown early, like already. In some areas, depending on how dry it's been. Um, so hold those cameras tight on those areas that are still green. But if you got good, lush, green clover and alfalfa fields right now, I just, I don't think there's anything better in the month of September than a lush, green clover or alfalfa field. Right. I really don't. No. Because beans are going to start losing them. I think they start moving on from them. And just, just like going out like throughout the farm right now, for whatever reason... Those first two weeks of August, the beans just got absolutely hammered. I was like, they're not going to survive. And then I go by right now, and, like, there's there isn't really any more browse pressure on them. Yeah. Um, they're obviously in them. But, like, the first two weeks of August, something triggers where there's, they absolutely just get wiped out. Um, and now I'm seeing a lot more on, on green alfalfa and clover. So, and there, isn't, there really isn't anything better than, like, that prime alfalfa. Um, for nutrients for deer, I, there isn't. It's hard to beat that. It really is. Um, you know, and and not a lot of people grow it still either. I feel like I mean, we're, we're primarily we're looking at beans and corn everywhere. So if you got a good alfalfa right now, September is a beautiful time, and we'll be we'll be sneaking in corn rows, oh. and we'll be sitting on some alfalfa fields. There's no doubt about that. As far as like my trail cam pictures right now. Um, on the other farm where V-Town is, had some unreal, gorgeous pictures of them first couple weeks of August, like two feet from the camera, just staring at it. Um, and his bachelor group is just, <laughs> I mean, nuts. they're nice. They're nice. Game pl- I'm, I'm expecting to lose them. I hope I get them one more time here in August, but um, he has vanished every September. And uh, I get them back in October. But the plan is, hopefully I can get on them in September. 
and it's probably gonna look proud. It's probably gonna look like we were sneaking through the corn and hunting. Um, but yeah, so I think our season opened. I mean, we're 12. yeah, we're under two weeks away. So that first that okay so that first week and you and you're gonna be listening to this probably I mean, we're only a week away from Wisconsin opener opener and it'd be a lot of the Midwest opener. Um, I I really like using standing cornfields. Uh, granted, you have to come out somewhat be aware like so get some cameras out there and monitor this, but make sure they're not bedded out there in the corn because like that would suck to bust them like that. Um, but yeah, be, be open to sitting in corn kind of sucks, but like Wes and I had a successful hunt last year. Yeah, we just took a couple lawn chairs out there. We mm-hmm. sat three <coughs> rolls in and I'd recommend going out and pre cutting your trail. Yeah. So like there's a, you know, like the offshoots of corn that hang over into the rolls go through and like just just like with a with a like shear or something like cut those and like just so the roll is clear so you're not making a ton of noise walking through especially once that corn starts getting dry that's about as noisy as you possibly can be <clears throat> and then just you know prepare your spot where you want to sit a little bit because so there's more the <clears throat> there's more prep than you think because i don't know i like tucking back a couple rolls and then just just make leave sure yourself a couple shooting, couple lanes. shooting lanes and yeah. make sure the cameraman has a couple shooting lanes because then he'll complain about how he didn't couldn't get it on camera even though he was asked multiple times do you have enough room to get stuff on camera it's a bad guy well i had it on camera i had her on camera then it was, she would kept walking closer and closer and closer and then the freak it was on autofocus so then i had to flip it off but whatever we don't have to talk about excuses yeah. Thing is, she committed suicide. You killed her. <laughs> so, big one for September. So far, we got monitor plots, oversee with winter eye if you need to. Get the trail cameras on green and keep them on green. And then, you know, even um, the last part here, you're, you're going to start seeing scrapes open. Um, and there might be early scrapes. So, I, I'll start transitioning everything. Yeah. Are you a mock End scrape? of September. You're a mock scraper, aren't you? Yeah, I'll I'll put them in places that historically <sighs> have had scrapes. That's a good point. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try a couple things this year that we've never done before. I'm gonna try um, <clears throat> like trans like not transplanting tree, but like digging a hole and putting a scrape tree out in the middle of a food plot. Yeah. So that's big on the September to do list to do list right now because I have about co- I have a couple weeks left to get that done, and I've I've been kind of waiting because I want to keep. I don't know, the vegetation, I don't know why I'm waiting. So I'm going to cut, you know, a pretty good. Decently sized tree. Like, yeah, like a sapling or something. Good hang down. Transplant it, dig a hole and put it in the middle of these plots. Put a camera on them. We left a couple trees in our food plot. Yeah, smart. For that that reason. Mitchell wanted to cut them down, I said. Um, You want to be really good, make sure there's certain types of trees. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another thing you could take about, you know, six to eight foot sapling, get a nice, you know, overhang limb, 
dig a hole in the ground or I've seen people like put like a fence post in and then um, wire or like drill a hole through the fence post and stick a limb through it. Yeah, literally a man-made mm-hmm. hang down branch, yeah. So there's multiple things you can do there. Just make it a destination. Make sure they have to come check that. Yeah, so my, my plan here in the home farm <clears throat> is I planted about four acres of clover and I just mowed about I don't know, an acre and a half of it. And I mow only for structure, so a lot of that clover is still, you know, buried in, you know, six-foot weeds. <clears throat> but I'm fine with that because there's just something about you open an area for deer, and they just, they're going to congregate. They're going to, like, hang out. They're going to walk through that area. Um, so all of our mowed areas are for structure. And then these these tree coys or fake trees, whatever, scrape trees are going to go be placed in these little pockets, right? And hopefully... You create these little pockets, congregation areas, and, uh, you know, a buck's going to come through and, and make his rounds. Yep. Um, then, you you know, we use box blinds to kind of draw them close into those areas. So, Wes and I, we yeah, we got to take a ride out there. Yeah. After been this. Out, been been out there. I got to see what this rain, if anything else has been popping. <clears throat> Um, so big one is, you know, after, you know, just, you know, the average normal chores before season. So let's get your stands finalized, make sure they're all set. Um, another big thing, and we talked about it in a little bit, a little bit ago, but when you're moving your cameras to scrapes, let's also look for early signs. So deer will start rubbing <clears throat> people. Sometimes people say that they don't start rubbing until October or whatever, but and they lose their velvet. They're gonna start rubbing. So if you if you find if you find rubs on trees right now, or right when they lose their velvet, that's a pretty good sign. Mm-hmm. That just happened. Had to have just happened. Yeah. Would you suggest getting a camera on it, or in that vicinity? <clears throat> yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, I, I think it. It's probably you're looking pretty close to some type of bedding area because. Right. I don't think they're like they're not like making their rounds and like rubbing trees, but I think they rub the velvet off and stuff, and you'll mm-hmm. see like smaller trees just kind of rubbed up. And, yeah. Um. So a lot of times you'll probably just you probably shouldn't even be where you are, but <laughs> <laughs> you're probably too close. Yeah. Um. So shoot your bow, get your gear in or in order. Um. What's your what do you have like a gear thing that you do before you go hunting well i just make you know i just i guess i don't really have a list but i just kind of know what i'm going to take and i you know i'm i have certain pockets in my bag that i'll put stuff and all that so i'll just make sure that i have everything um i just kind of go through it in my head like you know binoculars i make sure i have all the camo i want lay it out yeah lay it all out um Probably start doing the <laughs> the scent control stuff, you know. Just I just do like a little bit. I do the wash, you know, and I do the spray, the tote, leave it in the tote, that kind of thing. Just because I don't think it can hurt you, really. No, no. There's nothing wrong with doing <clears throat> scent control. I think the just I think the playing biggest, the wind is the biggest thing. But well, yeah, you obviously we talked. About it's that. not a crutch. No, you can't use it as a crutch. You're not gonna win that game. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing all the scent control and you're being a psycho, that's awesome. That's good for you. I think that's 
But if you're still sitting in, but if you think that's, a terrible win, yeah, if you think that's gonna somehow give you some superpower, no, wrong. But uh, now it yeah. could it could it could save you a couple seconds. You could get more deer that just ignore you. I don't believe that they don't know you're there or they don't smell you. They just ignore you or they're just dumb for whatever reason. Right. Because you people like well they walked right down into me. Well, a couple things. I do think it's I do think it's possible that deer do ignore you. I think it's possible, um, or they just whatever for whatever reason they're not going to be freaked out by your smell that day. Most of the time, I would write that up as the fact that there's some type of air current or thermal action that's happening to- before that deer, where like your winds get your sense getting like shot up before it. Um. In that, you know, drop some milkweed. You can figure that out. Yep. Milkweed. Go look for that shit. Oh, it's all over too right oh, now. Right now, I haven't. Yeah, go collect a couple pods. Don't don't take a bunch and be a hoarder. But so just to tell you how much milkweed you need, I picked the first year I started collecting milkweed. I'm pretty sure I still have it, the bag of it, because I picked like ten of them. Mm-hmm. Like you need like one pod or two pods probably to last you all year. <clears throat> so don't get greedy and go rip down a whole milkweed plant. I think I had like three pods last year, and I think I have two pods left. Yeah. And who knows if they're even good. I'd say, I mean, and I, and I sit there and toss it like a psychopath <laughs> all the time. So I, I'll, every, I'll probably grab two pods. Minutes. Yeah. But I have it all over my property here, so, I, I mean, I'll grab it through all the year. It's, it's also helpful to actually know what it looks like. I remember like doing it looking for it right away and not knowing like what it was or it was actually pretty difficult to find. Dude, I found mine on the side of the road. Yep. Over. That's like the place to look at. I was like, I was like, well, I thought I knew what it looked like. I mean, and really, like, I you're going gonna to find see. a lot. If if you really, if you can't find it, you're like, okay. Like edge of egg fields. Yeah. And it, you'll really find it if you're by an organic farmer or mm-hmm. something. That was an organic farmer. Herbicide is the death of it. It's kind of why I got... It's back, or it's like was kind of killed off, somewhat killed off around here. But I think I've, I have a feeling, I, for some reason, I think it's just like really prevalent this year. I have it all over. Oh, good. I'm going to grab a couple. Yeah, we can grab some right after this. We go for a ride. Sick. So, but, uh, well, do you have like any, do you have a set, you probably have a set gear list that you make sure. Well, you, you're a little more extensive with well, like yeah, your camera cameras and. I mean, yeah, I get all that gear. I have all that stuff geared up too, but I don't have nearly as much camera gear as you. Well, I keep it very simple. Don't need my knife to go hunting. I don't need it. You never have. I don't one. need my bags. I don't need <laughs> um, any extra shit that I don't need. I learned the hard way, man. I, I thought I was like Mister Gear Guy, and I had like all my shit packed up, and then and you're like, I don't have. It's enough. just a hassle. You can't do it. You have to keep it simple. So, I mean, I'm. Yeah, well, the thing is, a knife you could just toss in your pocket, so, like, that's not a big deal. Yeah, but it's those kind of things. Like, people get, like, all wrapped up in, like, get your knick-knacky shit. Yeah, like, yeah, so. and then you just, all of a sudden, you have fucking 25 knick-knacky stuff. Yeah, so I got binos. I got my, In my bino case, I have my, uh, that little pocket in the front. I range stick finder. my rangefinder in there. I stick my milkweed in my bino pack. Okay, that, that, honestly, I fit as much as I possibly can. I, I fit, like, a battery in there if I need to. Mm-hmm. And then if I have someone with me, then we're real fucking freehanded because oh, yeah. now we've we've completely got rid of um, tree arms and stuff when there's when there's two people filming. So we go off freehand. So that takes away a ton of bullshit. 
So if, yeah, if, I mean, if I have a person with me, stands are set, I have my bowl, my phone. Can't forget that. No. And, uh, I, I, my, my goal is to go without a backpack. And if we, if I have some with me for a camera guy, it will be the only time I bring a backpack now is if I have to bring a camera and, uh, um, uh, tree arm and shit. Yeah. So the big thing about filming, it's like, well, now it's like so ingrained in, in like, I think, I don't know, I'm like this at least. But I think a lot of people get like this where it's just like you do it for so long and then it gets into a habit. And then, like, I don't really care as much about, you know, us putting out like this amazing, beautiful content like we were at one point. And it's more just like, well, if I really did something out here and I didn't get anything on film, I just would hate myself. Right. Um, and you can do it with your phone. Like, they make amazing. I mean, you, I just got the new iPhone. This fucking thing is like, it's it's replacing a GoPro. Like, yeah. All I need to do is get a little holder now, mm-hmm. and I have it. I have a little phone like holder, and I'll bring that with. Yep. And attach it to a tree arm or a, um, like a. They make uh, mouse for them. Yeah, I hook that up. Like mm-hmm. you're already looking at your phone, anyways. Right. Might as well point it on yourself, or for people, I mean, you could point it towards the deer too. It's a story, man. You like imagine if your dad could be like. When, you, when he was, like, t- talking about his old hunting stories as a if kid. He just could show if he would have sat you down and be like, What's, let's watch this shit. Yeah. Not only would you not would you know for sure if he was full of shit or not, <laughs> but I guarantee you your fucking kid is going to be way more into hunting. Mm-hmm. You can physically show him. Yeah, for sure. There's nothing bad about, like, nothing bad, like... <sighs> people say all the time you lose a ton of deer. I don't know. I don't well, know. There's just I haven't, a lot more shit to worry about. There is. There well, is, when but, you're doing like a big production, then you have fucking, you know. Yeah, when you're when you're to the point where it has to be a perfect sh- video camera shot and a perfect shot, yeah, it gets difficult. It's different. Um, and yeah, you want you obviously want the kill shot on there. It makes a way better video. It's mm-hmm. it's awesome, but it is what it is, man. Like. If you got a buck of a lifetime out there too, like I'm not, I could see myself, you know, like a 140, 150. Let's get the camera on them. But I don't know. We're talking V Town steps out and you're by yourself. You're not going to pass them. No, but I've gotten that down though. I mean, Self-filming, self-filming is a different ballgame, too. But you got to get it down. So, like, the level, the height that that fucking thing is on the tree, it's got to sit perfect. Mm-hmm. You can't be sitting there reaching up around your head. Like It's got to be, like. It's got to be right at that waist like level. Waist belly button level where you can just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to think about how you're going to shoot. You got to think about how they're going to come in. And then hope it happens perfectly. Now, when they come in behind a tree, things get wild. Yeah. I say you felt self-filmed to kill... Was that three years ago now? Yeah. First buck with a bow. I self-filmed it. Is that four years? Yeah, probably 2016. Okay. That was a nice drag, too. Remember that? Ran all the way down to the bottom of the hill, did he not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we drove drove, drove on the bottom, though. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was a hot, hot rut. Yeah. Warm. That's one thing we haven't had in a long time is a warm rut. 
that's since that year. So we've had cold, cold ruts last three years. Yeah. All right. So big thing that I've been doing is shining in the mornings. And as far as I know, it's legal. It is. Because we've checked the regulations. If someone On blindsides me here. Yeah. Dude, that is a fucking glitch. If you <laughs> if you can't sleep at night or if you wake up a little early, get out there and shine. I have been shining up some nice bucks in my area where I hunt. Like, I don't know. You can't you can't put a it's just a it's a, it's an awesome thing. Have you tried it yet on your way to work? No. You're disgusting. You have a perfect you have a perfect reason. All you gotta do is leave twenty minutes early and take one side road. Right. Or you drive by your hunting property. Why are you not sticking a light out there? I don't know. You're a bad human. Right. You're right. I am. <laughs> Dude, it's a glitch. I didn't even know that rule was a thing. I know, but it's just like the They're whole fucking all over the place. Bucks are all over the place. It was weird. Last week I saw two really nice bucks and they were it was it was kind of odd. They were with a group of does, <clears throat> both of them. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Like in like just bedded down with them out in Alfalfa. Oh, one was a dandy. Standy. Just a magnum. He was. And he wasn't. You know, now I'm thinking about was what he, one, he was. Was he one that you have on camera? Well, now I'm questioning whether he was. I think he may have been, actually, because he was just a big, big 10-pointer, I thought. Like, big, main, like, I knew he was in V-Town. V-Town's a big, big 10-pointer, but he, he's got more character to know and there is a there is a big ten pointer that I have had on camera now, and he could have been it, yeah. Because he was he was right on the neighbor, um, right next right next to them where I hunt. So could have been. Dandy deer, he's gonna get shot if I see him. <laughs> the first one I saw is borderline, borderline buck, but. No, you're right. I do need to do that. Just wake up a half an hour earlier and dude it's su- it it's up. like okay so trail cam- you think about how excited you are when you see a trail cam picture right. that's awesome right you catch a buck out in a field before he goes to bed <laughs> you're narrowing down where he's bedding dude you're telling me i saw that that that's what made me so obsessed with that drop time freak last year so i'm on the hoof at like 7 45 where p.m right in the f- open fucking alfalfa field at your place at my uncle's yeah mm-hmm and then I was like, oh, Were you hunting? God. No, no. This what was, were you doing? It was late August. Mm. Well, around. yeah, it's t- it's tough. He was right in a bachelor group. He was whatever. And then I was like, oh my fucking god! And I put a camera out. That was last year. Yeah, no, I guess it was mid-August. And then I put a camera out. Yeah. And then that's when I got all those pictures of him. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. Then he moved. And then he moved two farms over and was killed. With the other, <laughs> the other yeah. two that were in his bachelor group. So like he hung around. Here's the here's the thing I've been kind of doing. I cut corners because I've been trying to keep track of how many times you see a deer. I've been starting to lump deer together in their bachelor groups. So like this is bachelor group A. So if I get it, if I know if I get like a smaller like deer that is in, I know he's in the bachelor group, one of the main ones. I I'll notch it down. I like because I have keep spreadsheets of like sightings and shit. So like, I'll notch it down. In the summer here. So, like, you start narrowing it down, like, okay, he really is here a lot. Because, like, the the 110 back here, like, there's another, like, dorky fucking two-year-old that he's with. And, uh, like, he's in front of the camera every day. The dorky two-year-old? Yeah, some some camera he's in front of every so day. So, you're like, he's got to be around. Like, I, yeah, he's here. Like, they aren't, they, I don't think they separate that much. 
not until whenever. And it's like awesome when you check cameras too. Like this is summertime shit. Um, maybe early September. Um, but like, yeah, checking the camera for VTEL the other day and that big, that big wide one that has like a, let's call them twister. Cause of that brow tine. Okay. The only thing I'm concerned about is that it's kind of a weird, do you remember what deer I'm talking about? Where he, his, the one brow like twists around. He has like three different yeah. brow tines. I'll take a look just to make sure, um, but I think so. But so twister, I can see him in the camera and I'm like, well, where's V town? Where is he at? And yep. Two pictures later, there he comes. Um, and I, I mean, I've started to like kind of assume that if you get a buck on camera during daylight, during hunting season, that that deer is probably in that area at least three more times, like three times more than what you think. Yeah. Because I used to always be like, God, how the fuck am I going to track this? I only got one picture of him. It's like, well, you get a daylight picture in September and October, early October. Yeah. You are onto something. Mm-hmm. That oh, thing fuck, is yeah. that thing is living. That is a in killable buck. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think about, and then you, do you know, sightings that I've had with deer. Like V-Towns are a great example. So are you uh I know I already know the answer to this. So you will look at cameras and you'll see like, oh my god, daylight, daylight. So then you'll. So now I'm going. I'm so going. So then you have them. Will you go back and say like, what was the wind? What was the weather? Yeah. And then you'll like compare like, okay, here's another daylight picture, and if shit matches up, you're like, holy fuck. Oh yeah, if I get a couple that match up, couple match up, then like then it's wind then direction. it's then you got to figure out how to hunt it with that wind. Right. That's usually the issue. Right. Um. <clears throat> Oh yeah, dude. If I get if I get multiple of the same wind, then yeah, I'm gonna try to get out there pretty much every time that wind is doing that. If oh, you can, I didn't tell you this. So I was check camera Saturday. <clears throat> Went to check one that's it's right on the edge of the field in that in a in the pasture at my grandparents. Mm-hmm. So I just walked up there, um, kind of covered by a lot of the brush, and I got up to it's 20 yards from a tree stand, and I got 10 yards from the camera location and kicked out a booner doll <laughs> scared the fuck out of me <laughs> that was bedded like five yards from the camera well that's not ideal i know I wasn't, I wasn't happy about it but like i was like it was like just got me fucking pounding pretty jacked <laughs> up I'm not gonna lie and she was on camera well when you haven't killed a deer in your life that would get you excited <laughs> okay i've killed a deer I've killed all a right deer. but what i was gonna Whatever. say is bringing it back to v-town when i when i saw him or when I saw like split G two buck, I've seen like you see these deer and like they weren't they never crossed the camera, so then you start thinking about like well fuck, they do this all the time. Yeah. So if they actually daylight in front of that camera, or if they're like right after daylight, like then I I, I almost write it up as well. What's the wind doing? All right, so they circled downwind of that camera before they came to it right right after light. So there's your there's your like mm-hmm. ticket. Yep. yep. It's not easy here because we have these hills and it's not easy anywhere, I'm sure. But there's three things I look at, okay? So I'm, like right now I'm starting to do this. I'm deep diving into all the pictures. Okay, and I'm track I'm like I'm like logging everything. 
So date, look back the day before, you know, it's like, what's the pressure doing? You know, pressures, if the pressure is coming, like rising, then, okay, you can assume there's some type of front that's moving in. Um, is, the temp, is the temp dropping? Usually that would coincide with the pressure rising or whatever. Um, so you figure out if there was like some type of, of weather thing that happened that got that buck on his feet. So that will tell you if like, that tells me like, okay, he's on his feet for this reason, right? Like this, like this weather front put him on his feet early. This wind is why he's bedded where he's bedded. So right. I checked the morning wind that morning. So let's say he's coming out like afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, check that morning wind. What made him bed there during that morning? And if there was a big switch, if he switched, would it make sense for him to be bedded where I think he's bedded? And I operate under the belief that they're only bedded on these these knobs, right? Like you can get caught up on thinking because you're gonna you'll kick deer out of like these fingers or like high up in these um, like in shitty spots where you don't think they're gonna bed. But I, I I really think now that bucks bed pretty specifically in certain areas. And, they, and it has to have some type of topography switch. So there has to be some like rotation of a hill. There has to be some just change, right? And I really like these like big knobs with mili- like the on that military uh, crest. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I like I like the big 180 knobs because then like in my mind it's like if I was a buck I'd bed there because then I can switch. You can switch. Pretty much for any wind. Yeah. But there are those little. Like you look at a topo topo map or a, like an aerial map, there's those little little fucking knobs that you might write off that are part of a big ditch system. I get them there a lot too. So the wind tells me that, like, okay, if they're bedded, they must be bedded here because of this wind, but they're coming out to this food source because they feel safe out here. Well, how do you get in there? Right. And that usually is the question. That it's is, not easy. That is the question. Because I look there, like, <clears throat> for example, there's a field that I hunt. I don't have much woods to play with. Um, it's it's mainly a field, and I get a lot of daylight pictures with a south wind, some type of south wind. Well, that south wind, so think about the field sitting north to south. Okay, I access from the south to the north. So the woodlot places where I'm assuming they're bedding is to the north. With a south wind, it makes sense because there's a bunch of points that run off that field where south winds would carry, and you'd, that'd be, make a lot of sense for bedding. Right. Well, how fuck am I gonna hunt that? Am I gonna hunt it with the, my wind just blowing straight, straight into the to woods? Yeah. That's why I haven't killed anything there. Mm-hmm. Chased after. I, I don't know how to kill them yet. I my the thing I'm gonna try this year. If one's daylight in there like they were last year, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know what I'm going to do. It is a part of me. Part of me sometimes thinks that you just hunt it. Just risk it. And you and you just you place yourself in a specific area. And you and you hope to fuck that they're not bedded in that area, or 
Like my problem is, okay, with a south wind that blows off the hill of that field, a buck's going to walk the inside edge of that field, in my opinion, catch all the thermals that are dropping plus the wind that's blowing that way before he steps out. Yeah. I have not figured out a way to hunt the situation yet. It's not ideal. But my thought this year now is possibly waiting. Like timing it <laughs> perfectly right. So waiting for the last 45 minutes. So sitting like back in the corn. And then the last four or five minutes like running up. Once the thermals start dropping. And the wind isn't like the powerful like thing. Right. And getting into place. But. Like so, I'm just we're, I'm just saying this because like I don't know I don't have that solution to that because it, there is places like that that seem in my mind right now they seem like they're pretty difficult to kill in, right? Unless I would get a box blind in there and we'd be completely <clears throat> shut up, yeah, which I don't have, and that's why box blinds are nice because you can close them up, control a little bit of that thermal drop, um, and pray. But yeah, the reason I'm talking through this is like this is like in my brain. I here's my options. I don't know the solution yet. I mean, it'd be awesome to kill one there. I mean, I've been playing rodeo with these deer <laughs> over in that area for four years now. So, all right. Any so okay. Last thing, September. Narrow down. On your first attack. Yep. If you get a buck that is daylighting after he loses velvet, the ball game is on. You are in the fucking game, dude. There's nothing. I can't. I cannot tell you this enough. If you get a buck that you've gotten all summer and then he loses velvet and you fucking have him that week leading up the season and you didn't go bull rushing into your cameras. So you got to think about that too. You you can't be going in and checking all your crazy cameras. Check field edges. Be smart. Know your wind. Don't fuck up now. You're in. We're literally two weeks away. We're under two weeks away. Consider how you're checking your cameras. Consider the wind while you're checking them. Okay. And especially in, in like hilly country like this, like I know if my wind's blowing in my face while I go check cameras for the most part, I know I'm pretty safe because number one, the bucks probably aren't bedded. On those knobs that I'm worried about at the time. And it just blow it back into the field that I'm driving through. Right. And check those edges. And get in and get out. But if you get a buck. Or get a cell camera. If you get a buck. The fucking daylight after he loses his velvet. Game is on and get on him right away. Because there's another switch that com- is, that's coming. Like I And I'll, t- I'll time it right around October 1st. And, you know, it's something to consider in September, too, but we're going to have acorns, and they might be dropping early this year because of uh, the drought. So last week of September, October, acorn drop, there's another switch. Yep. But you have that. I mean, especially with our season open September 12th now, we have. We have. Dude, you could we... you could sneak into that summer routine because they're still – they kind of still hang in there after yep. they lose velvet. Yep. And so I'd say – you know, I see a lot of velvet loss September 1st all the way through the 8th, 10th maybe. Yep. Christ. That'd be crazy if you had a velvet buck on September 12th. 
It's possible. I mean, this is. I think this has to be the earliest. I was, I was gonna say earliest possible early start date. Last year was a week later, I believe. Yeah, well, it's always. A, I always I mark always it like, as the fifteenth. Like, not, yeah, I think last year was like the nineteenth, seventeenth, fifteenth. Well, it's always gonna be. You know, you need Labor Day to be a full weekend. Mm-hmm. It's two weeks after. Yeah, it's twelfth uh, has to be. Because what, what's Labor Day land on? So it's a, it's a week after Labor, Labor Day, is right? Okay, so it's a week after. So I guess it's only... Yeah, so it's always going to be second Saturday of... Uh, of September. So I guess it could be the... <clears throat> you know. Like, it couldn't be... I don't know. Either way, it's early. So our plan right now is we got observation stands set up. Um, we'll be hitting those, getting in cornfields, um, and uh, if and we're, I'm gonna hit these. I'm gonna hit the cameras right before season starts, and if I got daylighters, gotta form form a plan. But especially in the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna be out uh, doing observation stuff at night. I just don't have a great observation setup right now. I don't have. I don't have them. I lost kind of the the uh, routine that these bucks were on. They switch, man. They they move. Like, gotta get up on that side. Last two weeks of August is a big difference. Yeah, dang it. <laughs> we need jet. You want to go up there today? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, September's here. Fuck. And by the time you listen to this, Weston will probably be married. Should be. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Well, I, never, I might release it early. You never know. Any final thoughts? No. Excited. Do you think your hunting will change at all this year? No. I think I, I realistically I should be able to hunt more than yeah. I did last year. Yeah. Because I had a newborn baby last year, so that was even tougher. Well, send in some well wishes for Weston. <laughs> About to tie the knot. And uh, next episode has got to be over. Just We're going to cover just uh, the first couple weeks of bow hunting. We kind of did it today, but god damn, I'm excited. Very. And sorry that I have like a stuffy nose and shit, but whew, allergies are rough right now. <laughs> so, shoot your bow, get your gear in order, get shoot your stands your in order. If you're not shooting your bow every day, that's uh, that's a problem. Quick story about the bow before <laughs> we leave. Oh. I'm not going to throw anyone on the bus, but I went up to the old local bow shop. Should have checked the hours. Didn't. Um, they open at 11. So I'm in the parking lot at like 10, 15. I'm like, fuck. I got a meeting at 11. So I see people inside knocking on the door. There's a guy walking around inside. Literally ignores me knocking on the door. <laughs> Just blatantly ignores me. And uh, a lady comes up and she's like, what do you need? I'm like, hey, I literally, I, all I need is, um, plus I drove, you know, 40, 45 minutes, 50 minutes to go to this place. Um, all I need, like my mistake, I did not know you opened at 11. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. I have a meeting at 11. I cannot stay. All I need is my peep sight is twisting. I just need someone to fix it quick. She goes, um, people are, they, they're working at their customers right now. And I'm like, all right, thanks. Sorry. Hmm. Unbelievable. I, I was just like shocked. I was like, God damn it. 
Why would you do that? Yeah, that's not good. No bueno. Like, and I explained, I was like, all I need is a fucking peep site. Like, just, I didn't say fuck either. I was like, hey, like, I'm sorry. I had no clue you're open at 11. I see there's someone inside. They just blatantly ignored me. Um, I don't know. Like, can I just, like, is it a big thing to ask for? I'm just like, fix my peep site quick. Like, can they just take 10, 15 minutes? I can't imagine it would take that long, would it? I don't know, that one time you dry fired my ball and I had to get all and had to get new cables on <laughs> the peep side. <clears throat> it didn't take them that long. Yeah. I still think you owe me like eleven dollars from that too. <laughs> well, I will not pay. <laughs> I refuse. Alright, guys. Get your bow shot. Get your shit in order. Get your STDs done for September. <laughs> and uh let's rock and roll and start sending us pictures of dead bucks. Yeah. Good luck.